Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. It's bracket season, and you can pre-register now for Fox Sports Radio's Bracket Challenge at foxsportsradio.com. Get details, rules, and pre-register so you can easily create your winning bracket when it's live on March 17th. Once you fill out your bracket, you're entered for a chance to win the ultimate college sports trip for you and a friend, including travel and stays at any Graduate Hotels location. It's sponsored by Tractor Supply and Graduate Hotels, where college fans stay. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hey, welcome in. This is the All Ball Podcast. I'm Doug Gottlieb, and I'm joining you actually from Super Week. And, you know, I, I thought about how to put together a Kobe podcast. Next week we'll have – I've reached out to a couple other people, and, um, I, I, you know, we have some really good guests lined up to talk some more Kobe. But I want to share with you guys a couple of things because, uh, one, I think it's cathartic. Two, I, I kind of got to know him. And, and, and honestly, he was, he actually had asked me to come on this podcast and this is a weird thing in our business. You know, when you make a friend and Kobe and I weren't always friendly or friends or whatever, like I didn't really know him. Um, it's it, like, we're like ships passing in the night. Like Los Angeles is Orange County is my hometown. Yet he moved into Newport beach when I was, you know, I was away at college and then playing overseas and, you know, for the first, what was it, 12 years out of college, you know, there's 2000, 2012, I didn't live in Southern California. I barely vacationed in Southern California. Just my in-laws are in Oklahoma. We were, we were East Coast or traveling. I would, we'd come out maybe once a year, but, you know, I, I didn't, though I'm a native Los Angelino or native of Orange County, I didn't, um, 
you know, he, he kind of dug roots in Orange County that I had already had and maybe had been uplifted a little bit. So anyway, um, I, I just, here's kind of the, my Kobe Bryant story as we all kind of collectively grieve. And I think the grieving is multi-layered. You're grieving the loss of Kobe Bryant. You're grieving, you know, for many people, a basketball hero. I think what he become is an iconic figure um, in the American sports lexicon in coming back from personal failures, right, professional failures. And he was the picture of what, what, what work ethic is supposed to be. Right? Like what's amazing about Kobe Bryant is he's known for this mama mentality. And there's a bunch of different ways in which people look at the mama mentality. But he's known for something in terms of his work ethic that goes counter to the stereotype of the son of a professional athlete, right? Normally, the son of a professional athlete is supposed to be somebody who acts entitled. And there's, there was some entitlement there. There was some arrogance there. There was a lot of confidence there, obviously. But I, I think what's, um, what's, what's fascinating about it is, like, how many sons of NBA players don't work that hard because they were born with a silver spoon in their mouth, you know, born on third base and thought they hit a triple. Right? That wasn't Kobe Bryant. He, he didn't just want to make the NBA. He wanted to, he wanted to, he wanted to rip everybody's heart out. That, that's what he wanted to do. And he wanted to just get better and better and better and didn't want to be an NBA player. He wanted to be the best NBA player. So here's my Kobe Bryant story. When I was at CBS, um, I was driving home one night when the Eric Garner story kind of reached a peak. Right? That was the I can't breathe movement. And so a lot of, like what happens I think with Twitter, with social media, is that we tweet from like our perspective, our time, our moment, thinking everybody else sees it that way because that's our egocentric way of using social media to, to like display our own kind of arrogance and egocentric nature, right? Does that make sense? Like, so I, I'm driving home through Manhattan, and I think I either had a dinner or I was avoiding traffic. I can't remember how I got caught on, like, I'm going to say 8th Avenue, or uh, is that 8th Avenue, right? 8th Avenue, yeah. Um, but 8th Avenue became shut down because there was a march marching across 8th Avenue with the I can't breathe, you know, I can't breathe movement. And, like, look, I'm, no one's pro-police brutality that I know. Um, I knew a little bit about the story. I knew that there was, there was a lot to it, right? I just remember feeling super unsafe, super unsteady, just because I was a white dude in a, I think I was in a GMC truck at the time. And I'm like, there's like people surrounding the car and like banging on the windows. And I was like, what, what, what? I didn't do it. I'm just, I'm trying to drive home. Now I'd also carry, then this is like a far field, but like, look, my childhood, 1991, there was the LA riots. And I remember dudes getting hauled out of trucks and the shit kicked out of them. Right. And I'm like, what, what, what happened here? So I, I mentioned the, the, the march and the people pounding on my windows in my car and kind of feeling super unsafe. And, like, I remember calling my wife, like, 
I mean, I'm coming home, but like, I just got to wait till this thing dies down before I, they open up eighth Avenue. And she's like, what do you mean? Open it up. And like, they're having this massive, massive March. It's just going on, you know, three, four, 5,000 people walking across eighth Avenue. I don't know. They're walking to times square or where they're walking to anyway. Um, so I got home, I think it was that night or maybe the next night. And if you remember, the Lakers were playing, I'm going to say, I don't know where they were playing. Were they playing the Heat and LeBron was still on the Heat, I think? And they all had I Can't Breathe shirts on. I remember, I, I distinctly remember Kobe and LeBron with I Can't Breathe shirts. And I Can't Breathe while the idea behind it is to end police brutality, right? The guy was selling cigarettes outside a liquor store, for Christ's sake, and he lost his life. Like, it's crazy. So anyone who's reasonable is like, you know, I don't know what the punishment should have been for a guy who's repeatedly selling bootleg cigarettes, but dying is not even on the, the, the list of things, right? On the other hand, like when you hear more about the story, it was, it was the liquor store owner who's, you know, doing trying to do things the right way and sell his own cigarettes. And Air Gardner out front had been told to move who knows how many times he had moved. Like, what do you do if you're a cop, right? You're much smaller than a guy. He doesn't want to move. He's a gigantic man. He's like a known person personality. And he's not obeying your orders. Like, what do you do? I mean, I guess you probably just could have pepper sprayed him and moved him, right? Is that... Right? That's a nonviolent way. I don't believe anybody's ever died from pepper spray, a little, you know. So, you know, it looked like a chokehold to me. And then, you know, the reports are that he and he had obviously had a weight problem, so he had a heart attack and then I mean, the bigger thing was if you again, my memory of this is pretty uh pretty thorough. I believe the bigger thing was that when the paramedics came, like, he's just laying there. Nobody performed CPR for however long, right? There's a, there's, a, a layers, there's a layers to any story. But I do think that there was a, a good portion of people that put on the I Can't Breathe shirt, and the message was, fuck the police. It just was. Now, look, I grew up listening to NWA. I've had anybody who's had a run-in with a, with a cop who's just a jerk, who's, you know, who's feeling himself a little bit. He's got the badge. He's got the gun. He's the tough guy. On the other hand, I'd like to believe we live in a country where the greatest, highest percentage of police officers are really just there, you know, to keep the peace, to do their job, to go home safely and collect good benefits, right? Like, let's be reasonable. So I was, I just, I felt like especially the class of NBA players. Now, they're not all this way, but look, NBA players, many of them are, in fact, protected by police and Kobe was the perfect example I had lived when I first moved to California and I believe that was during the uh before the I can't breathe movement right 2012 2014 I was living in in Orange County and 2012 and 2013 I was living in Irvine right on the border of Newport Coast which is where Kobe lived I would go to the same Starbucks and Kobe would just pull up and not even park like you know right out in front Tinted front window, like in California, I I rolled up in my car. I had tinted side windows, like passenger side, driver side. I got pulled over like three, four times. Finally, I had to get the tint peeled off, tick me off. Like he had like limo tinted front. Now I'm not disputing that Kobe Bryant is a completely different realm of anybody else in the world in terms of superstar. But like, look, dude, 
you're kind of part of the protected class. You live behind a gate. Nobody would ever mess with Kobe Bryant, especially, and that's why he lived in Newport, Newport Coast at the time was my belief was because he was part of protected class. So, like, a protected class of people wearing a fuck the police shirt, I felt like was a contradiction. And so I had some tweet. I don't really remember what it is. I'm sure I could Twitter search. You probably could Twitter search if you want. And it was like, hey, how ironic. Kobe Bryant, who lives, you know, you know, does what he wants, lives behind a gate. He's the one criticizing the police who protect him every day so that nothing ever happens to Kobe. I tweet it. It doesn't go over well. You know, Twitter already fucking hates me. Um, And so now I become like a racist, which I'm not. And I'm a racist. I'm this. I'm that. I'm a right winger. I'm pro cop. I'm anti black people. Black lives matter is all that matters. I became blue lives matter. I don't even know. I I just kind of figured it was just a I'm a sports guy. It was a sarcastic kind of caustic sports tweet. It's one I specialize in. So, uh, Jason Whitlock at the time actually texted me, like, what, what are you doing? This is not a place to joke. And I was like, oh, I'll take it down. So I just took it down. And, you know, things go viral and they get crazy. And my bosses at CBS at the time, like, what are you doing? And I was like, it's just a tweet. Doesn't, nobody got hurt by it. I didn't choke anybody out. So I called my friend Rick Buecher because Buke, going back to our days at ESPN, he had a, he had a line to Kobe. When Kobe was first wanted to be traded, he talked to Buke. Um, Buker had done a great job of establishing a relationship. I used to mess with him that you could barely see Kobe's lips moving when Rick Buker talked, but he thought it was funny, and I knew that was my best way into Kobe. So I called him, and I was like, hey, man, can you give me Kobe's number? He's like, why? I was like, I put out a tweet. And he's like, oh, I saw it. It was funny. I go, yeah, I'm not sure Kobe thinks it's funny, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to apologize in a text. Yeah, he's like, just text him. He, he's a text guy. So I text him. We text back. And I was like, hey, man, just want to tell you, I have put out a tweet. Um, I, wouldn't, I, I didn't. It, it, there was a little bit of truth to it because our, our kids had gone to school together for a year at uh, a school called Harbor Day. And Gianna was very little at the time. Like in, uh, I'm going to say second grade. Our girls were all together in second grade. And I, have, I have twin daughters, exact same age. And so when we knew each other a little bit, um, anyway, I was like, hey, sorry. He was like, no, he texted me back, no problem at all. Don't worry about it. Hey, guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball. We do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds you know, the basketball nerds. They're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You know, watch Creighton. They fight. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, going to. Not the Big East tournament? Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But, like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, just I don't not, have him doing that. that. Like, that's why do we all have to act like Creighton? Is a, is, a, is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. And then never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? The whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts.
Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Right, 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. It's bracket season, and you can pre-register now for... Fox Sports Radio's Bracket Challenge at foxsportsradio.com. Get details, rules, and pre-register so you can easily create your winning bracket when it's live on March 17th. Once you fill out your bracket, you're entered for a chance to win the ultimate college sports trip for you and a friend, including travel and stays at any Graduate Hotels location. It's sponsored by Tractor Supply and Graduate Hotels, where college fans stay. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. So, fast forward... Two years later from that point, and I actually moved back to Orange County. And the reason we moved back to, honestly, renting the same house we had rented the time before was we wanted, because we're moving so much with our kids, we wanted them to be in the same school. So my daughters got back into Harbor Day. My son did not, and uh, just because they didn't have space. And all was good. And I kind of reconnected. They have a big opening kick uh uh, picnic or whatever, and Kobe was there. And he had a, the year that we were there before was the year he tore his Achilles tendon, and he was always at the school, always, always, always. And so um, it was interesting that, like, my daughters, who didn't know anything about Kobe Bryant, just knew Kobe because he was always around, like, serving lunches at their school, like, one day a week, and, like, field trips occasionally go on, and, you know, he started running Mamba Volleyball back then for his older daughter. Anyway, um, so I said hi to him, and, you know, we explained, ex- exchanged pleasantries. And Rob Palinka's kids also go to that exact, go to that school as well. And this is, this is going back, this is, uh, I don't know, was it three years ago? Yeah, almost two and a half years ago. So uh, we started kind of a text relationship. And Gianna asked my daughter, Harper, to play on Mama's basketball team. And I think they played a PE. And Harper was super intimidated by Gianna in basketball. She's like, Gianna is the nicest kid ever. And just for the record, so people understand, there are kids that are sons and daughters of, uh, of rich, important people that are jerks. They're little assholes, right? Gianna Bryant is not among those people. She was a sweetheart. Like, I had two daughters there. 
both one was definitely getting a little bullied. Um, one was kind of getting bullied, and Gianna was the one who she's the kid who like you see in an after-school special. Like she would step in. Like this is again part of my girls. She would step in and say like, "No, this is you're not going to treat anybody poorly." Like she's she's a she was a great kid, great. Um, and apple trees make apples, right? So it speaks to Vanessa. It speaks to Kobe and how they raised her. Of course, she's my daughter Harper would say like, "I'm not playing basketball with Gianna because when you play with her during PE, she's like a different person. Like she flips the switch, kind of like remember um." Over the top, remember Sylvester Stallone's character in Over the Top? Like when he turned his hat to the back, he'd become a different guy. That's how Gianna Bryant was when she played bas- played basketball. So she didn't play the basketball team. She kind of kicked herself for it. And then, you know, if you know anything about Mamba, early on when it started, you know, it was just a bunch of girls from Harbor Day and Newport Beach, and it was just a little club team, and they got smashed by another team. And Kobe was, he wasn't embarrassed that they got smashed. It was that they didn't know how to play basketball. Like, he's like, they're not playing, ba- like, anybody who's watched AU, it's like, you know, if, if a team's bad, you can't dribble, you can't pass, you can't shoot, just doesn't look right. And he was like, okay, we're not playing in any tournaments. We're going to do six months, five days a week of just teaching you how to play. And then we'll play tournaments. And so that's what happened. That's how Mamba, the basketball thing started and Obviously, Gianna, you practice that much. He hired Christina Mauser, Mauser, who was the PE teacher, to be one of her coaches. He hired other coaches as well to come in and work with his, his girls. And soon enough, they became the best team in Southern California, the same team that beat them by 40. They smashed by 40 like the next time they played. So our friendship started really because our kids went to the same school, and he was like, hey, you know, Harbor Day Dad, we should get, we should get together with a bunch of Harbor Day dudes. And... All the parents there are really pretty cool. And so first it was like, hey, we got to arrange schedules. And then I actually, we took one of my daughters, Grace, out of the school. She was struggling academically. And then Harper didn't love like the social scene just because she didn't play basketball with Gianna. So her friend group was like one or two other girls. And she's just like, I, I want to go to a big public school. Anyway, so I was, part of me was a little embarrassed. I'm like, does he want to get together with me just because my kid goes to school with this kid or do we have a legit relationship? And I actually texted him and asked him and said, hey, dude, just so you know, like, I think we're pulling my girl out of, of Harbor Day. He's like, yeah, we're still good, though, right? I was like, yeah. So anyway, spring of yeah, spring of 2018 or maybe 19, I don't remember. Um, I remember getting a text from him because we had, we had talked a bunch on text couple uh once on the phone, a couple times in person at events, and we're like, we got to get it together, get drinks. Sends me a text. I, and we had missed each other in other texts in terms of getting together. There's a place called Javier's. If you listen to Jim Rome's show, Jim kind of made the thing popular. Um, it's, uh, uh, it's now become a chain. It's a high-end Mexican place. Good drinks. And Kobe has his own drink, the Mamba there. So he's like, hey, Javier's like 730. So here's my, I'm not going to tell you everything that happened, but um, this is like a night with Kobe, just me and him. So my wife is a little weirded out by it because she's like, why does he want to, <laughs> why does he want to talk to you? I'm like, I don't know. The guys get together and have drinks. She's like, 
I don't. I, they, I why would he just want it? Like he has friends. You're not his friend. I was like, yeah, we've actually been kind of friends. Like text friends. That's not a real friend. I was like, all right, fine. So I assumed I'm going to show up. There's be a bunch of some other like Harbor Day dads, some other dads. I know a couple other dudes that are you know like um, one of the guys that died, Alto Belli. Alto is like everyone knows him. He's been the junior college baseball coach at OCC, Orange Coast College, forever. Like, I just figured I'd walk into a room and there'd be those kind of guys, and we'd all be bullshitting, having a couple drinks. So I walk into Javier's, and I was like, hmm, I'm going to go to the bathroom first. Now, you might be asking, like, why would you go to the bathroom first? Well, I just thought, like, if I get engaged in a conversation with Kobe Bryant, like, I don't want to have to go pee. And, like, then you know how guys are. Like, you lose your train of thought, you move on, somebody else at the table, the conversation never starts again. I'm not a clinger. I just, the reality of, I would have to pee at some point. So I remember going pee, washing my hands and walking out and expecting to walk into the back part of Javier's and there'd be a bunch of dudes there. And it's like Kobe Bryant sitting by himself, almost like it was a blind date. And uh, we talked for, we talked for hours. And the conversation started talking about basketball and about how basketball should be taught. And so I said, you know, he told me a little bit about when he first started playing in Italy and how he was taught, and he didn't really know. He knew my dad had been an AAU coach locally, but he didn't know, like, man, my dad coached in college and all the different ties. And um, so we just started talking about teaching kids. And, and this is where, like, he kind of won me that night. Like, he had already won me over based upon his text and the fact he was just, he he started to become like an, he's still a superstar and superstars do things just differently, but there was a real human being and a pretty good, and I was like, man, this guy's a good dude. Like, we started talking about how to how to coach and how to teach kids. And, and here's kind of my story. So when we moved back to Orange County, I wanted my son to get in some workouts. And there's a guy named Shea Freeze who... Uh, Shay is a, works for Bill Duffy. He's a very good workout coach. He's a good basketball player in his own right. I think D3 up in uh, Washington. And he was running a program called Point Break. So um, my longtime friend Dylan Rigdon, who played at UC Irvine and at Arizona and then played in Australia, he has uh, two older kids. A kid named jo- his son Joaquin is like two years older than my son. He was like, hey, Joaquin goes to this Point Break. Bring Hayes to a workout. So I go, and they were really good. But their teams were shit. Like, they literally, every tournament they play in, they'd get beat by 30, 40 points because they couldn't pass and they couldn't play together. And, yeah, they could all Euro step and they had some advanced moves, but they didn't pivot well. And, you know, after doing this for like two months, three months, and Hayes played up and played in a couple games, and Hayes wasn't very good at the time, full disclosure. Uh, Shay texted me after a workout and he's like, What'd you think? And I was like, well, Shay, when are you going to do passing? When are you going to do pivoting? When are you going to do, you know, some of their work on their defensive form and their positioning? It's like, should we do that? Like, yeah, it's actually the first. They just skip steps. It's like they taught kids how to run and forgot that you have to walk first or even crawl before you walk. So I kind of took over and started coaching a team, and we started competing and winning. And then fast forward to the next year, Shay struggled to get a gym. And so I got a gym and eventually kind of absorbed the program turned it into my dad's namesake, which was Branch West, and now we have workouts. So I was telling Kobe, like, dude, they don't know how to pivot. They don't know how to pass. 
They don't own a screen. And here we are teaching them how to fucking Eurostep, you know, and how to do all this fancy shit that they see in transition in the NBA, play downhill. Like, you can't play downhill if you can't break a press. Can't play downhill if you don't know how to actually set a ball screen, you know. Can't play downhill if you can't play without the ball as well as with the ball in terms of spacing and getting your feet ready and your hands ready and your body ready for the ball when you catch and you can shoot. And he's like, exactly. So he started telling me his story. We started, we're talking ball. Then he like switches to talking about the wizarding series or whatever it's called. And look, you know, when you sit with somebody, you're like, oh God, this guy's way smarter than me. And I like to think that I'm pretty smart guy. I do like being in rooms where I'm, I'm the dumbest guy in. I was the dumber guy in the conversation. Because in the midst of talking about basketball, talking about kids, talking about life, getting to know each other, and by the way, I just want to full disclosure, the first thing I said when we first started talking was, hey, I don't know if you remember, but I sent you a text about a tweet that I had, and go back in the I can't breathe, and he looked at me, do you remember the, do you remember the Kobe Jalen Rose commercial where he ordered 81 olives, and he's, no, I'm just kidding? Anyway, there was the... Before that, Jalen's like, hey, I said that I put this thing out on Twitter. He's like, man, I don't pay attention to that shit, right? He, it was the exact line. That's exactly what he said to me. He's like, seriously, I don't care. Like, I wouldn't have invited you to drinks if I gave a shit about a tweet three years ago about I can't breathe. Don't care. Like, cool. Whew. So um, he switches to talking about his books, podcasts, movies, his vision for this thing. And I was like, you had a lot of time to think about this. He's like, I, I don't know how, like, I'm a storyteller. This was, when I was in school, like, I could, I was, I want to be like an English teacher, write books or whatever. And one of his, I, I mentioned there's five movies that was, because at some point in the conversation, like, what are your five favorite movies? And there's like Godfather. There was um, uh, Steel Magnolias, which I was like, really? Harry Potter. Um, I'll remember the other two in a second. But I remember Harry Potter. He's like, I'm telling you, this should be bigger than Harry Potter because there's so many. He was telling me about these different worlds and different wizards and different age groups it sells to and how it could eventually be an amusement park. And I was like, dude, you've really thought this thing out. He's like, what do you think I do all day? I go, I don't know. What do you do? He's like, I get up at four in the morning. I go work out at Equinox. And, you know, um, he takes his older daughter, works out with him. And then he comes back and um, he has breakfast and he helps, you know, get the kids up and ready and go to school. And then he goes to his office and he works, you know, and he's got he's a venture capitalist as well as he's got the books and the podcast. And then he's also got Mamba and he does this other investments. I was like, dude, this guy's unbelievable. And like I said, like the more, you know, guys can use big words. They're not really smart and they use them out of context. So Kobe Bryant, we're having all these conversations and people come up and everyone who works at the restaurant is bilingual. Guess who else is bilingual? Kobe Bryant, right? So, like, it's one thing to order a mamba and say, you know, dos mambas, por favor. But, like, to have a full-on conversation with guys that work on the restaurant in Spanish and then turn around and be right back in the conversation about the Wizarding series or whatever, you're like, holy shit, this dude's brain is on fire. Meanwhile, I got, like, four drinks in me. And I, I'm just sitting here going, I can't believe I'm talking to Kobe Bryant. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. 
Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. It's bracket season, and you can pre-register now for Fox Sports Radio's Bracket Challenge at foxsportsradio.com. Get details, rules, and pre-register so you can easily create your winning bracket when it's live on March 17th. Once you fill out your bracket, you're entered for a chance to win the ultimate college sports trip for you and a friend, including travel and stays at any Graduate Hotels location. It's sponsored by Tractor Supply and Graduate Hotels, where college fans stay. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my game. <laughs> So, we talked about basketball. We started talking about LeBron. We started talking about Mike. I shared this story on radio. It's a, this is, he said this to me several times about how um, it, the mom mentality is also kind of a derivation of some of the things he read about warriors and samurais and Phil Jackson actually taught him. And he, he's like, you know, the, the thing that I learned from Phil and through all my studies and reading is like when you're at war it's full scale psychological warfare right like any of these leaders of countries even our own in order to get all the soldiers to buy in it's full scale psychological warfare he's like i believe that in basketball i was like all right he's like that's why i could that's why mike knows he can't fuck with me i was like what are you I mean, Mike can't fuck with you. Like, he's Michael Jordan, dude. And and at this point, one, 
we'd established a friendship. Two, I had some drinks in me. He had some drinks in him. And, you know, I was like, look, dude, I love you. I think you're un- unbelievable, you know, top ten all-time player. But you tried to talk and walk like Michael Jordan and play like Michael Jordan. Like, let's be honest, Mike, Mike's the GOAT. He's like, yeah, okay. But he can't fuck with me because I would use full-scale psychological warfare. I said, Kobe, what are you going to say to Michael Jordan that hasn't already been said in terms of trash talk? He's like, you know, his dad loved Larry Moore. I was like, what? <laughs> what? He's like, you know, Larry. I was like, yeah, Larry Jordan, his younger brother was only, uh, his older brother was only six feet tall. Mike was the only guy who sprouted up in his family. It's like, yeah, he's like, it was always a thing that Mike thought his dad loved Larry Moore. And he probably treated him that way because Larry never grew. He didn't have the God-given gifts that, that Mike had. I was like, so you would say that? He's like, yeah, full skill, psychological warfare. I was like, wow. So we started talking about LeBron, and he's like, yeah, LeBron, you know, he wants to have this mentality, but it's just not in his makeup. Like he, just, he just isn't, he ain't like us all the time. And he's broke through some of it, but he hasn't always broken through. He's like, and he's like, I've never had the problem taking the big shot or missing the big shot. That didn't bother me. He's like, where LeBron, like he... He gets the most joy out of making, having somebody else make the shot. He's like, which I'm just, that is just not how I'm wired. We're wired so differently as people. But he also told me that, like, look, I told LeBron, and this was, LeBron was playing in the NBA Finals for, with, the, with the Cavs at the point, at that point in time, or close to playing. He's like, dude, I told him he needs to get in the post more. You know, he needs to roll down to the post. He needs to simplify his game, really work on just playing out of the post, passing out of the post, scoring out of the post. He's got to become a bucket, get, get, his, get a fadeaway going, use his body, like play from the elbow as well. And then he started talking about other guys in the NBA that he kind of like secretly works with. And this is probably the part that you're starting to hear stories about on social media. That Kobe Bryant, who most people, uh, half America thought was an asshole for a long time, and he probably, maybe was. Like, if you were 17 years old and you're a kid and a millionaire and son of a pro and all of a sudden you're playing in L.A. with Shaquille O'Neal, like, you'd probably be a jerk sometimes too, right? You'd probably be entitled. Why wouldn't you? Like, the world fell at your feet. We watched him grow up and evolve. But he also did a lot of things for people and he wanted nothing in return, but he wanted no PR. Like, there's stories coming out about going and seeing sick kids at cancer wards, but he told, would tell the parents... Uh, you know, like, listen, this is not about PR. This is about your kid. There's lots of stories like that. The same is true with the workouts with players and the texts with players and the calls to players. Like, he loved ball. He'd watch it, and then he'd send a guy a text. Here's something I saw. And, like, anybody who sees a text from Kobe Bryant's going to read it and, like, damn, Kobe Bryant's watching my game. I would guess there are 50 guys in the NBA that have texts saved on their phone from Kobe Bryant where he's like, dude, you need to do this more. You need to do that. Or now that he had Mamba Academy, they start working together. He just did things like that, which brings me around to why he was never on the podcast. When LeBron signed with the Lakers, Kobe came on. I was guest hosting the Dan Patrick Show, me and Jason Smith. And I texted him like, hey, dude, I, this is not why we're friends. Will you come on? He's like, absolutely. And then I just didn't want him to ask him the podcast because that wasn't why we were friends. I didn't want to use a friendship. Not that people who are on the podcast aren't really friends. They are. But 
I don't know. I just felt weird about it. I just felt like I would be that guy who is only befriending Kobe Bryant and sending, you know, he's sending me videos of different sets they're running out of triangle and new things that he's putting in, you know, because I want him on my podcast to get downloads, to make more money. Like I just didn't, that's not how I want it, want it to be. Um, so now I sit here, I don't know, five days removed from Kobe Bryant's helicopter crashing and him tragically dying with eight other people, several others who, uh, Somebody my family knew really, really well. And I'm bummed because I could have had a great audio record of just an interesting conversation. I don't know. I'm, I've been really sad with this. And I, again, I'm not going to lie to you. I was not best friends with Kobe Bryant. I never went over to his house. He never came over to my house. Although he was, it was at one point in time, there was a text from him. was like, when we, when are we getting the invite to watch games at your house? And, you know, we bought a house like a year ago or two years ago and we've been in the process of redoing it and the last thing we want is like Kobe Bryant coming over during a remodel, right? But he would have been cool. He'd been fine. So th- there's other stuff. Um, he, he was interesting in that he really understood the psychology of players. He, he liked Shaq and I think Shaq understood. I think at the end of the day, I don't know if Shaq actually understands why they, the Lakers chose him over Shaq. Um, I think most of the basketball world does. Shaq was great. Shaq was dominant. Shaq could have been the best player in the history of the NBA, but Shaq likes to have fun, likes to have a good time. You know, would work in bas- on basketball in basketball season. Whereas Kobe, like this, he was a professional basketball player. He was a licensed killer, and he spent the offseason thinking about how he's going to kill people in the regular season, where Shaq would use training camp and early season to get in shape. That's why he wasn't the league's MVP often, even though he was the most dominant player in the league. And he kind of worked together for a long, long time. Obviously, some of the comments that they made about each other started to, to, to break, started to make a fissure within, within the two. So um, maybe I've rambled on this, but I'll tell you this. Like, one... He loved basketball. Kobe Bryant loved, understood basketball. It wasn't the only thing he wanted to do in this next version of himself, but he really loved the art of what basketball is. He was kind of a recluse. He was a bit of a loner. He was a little awkward. He did have a tendency to befriend the bottom guy in the totem pole, maybe because that guy would never kind of challenge his authority. I I don't know. Um, I didn't get a chance to know him well enough where I could ask him why he was how he was earlier in his life. I can also tell you this. When I was young and at ESPN, like I had a friend of mine who's a, an agent at Endeavor say like, you know, Gottlieb, I kind of like, I really like you now. I met you when you were like 28, 29 at ESPN and I didn't like you. I'm like, I feel like I've been the same guy. He's like, nah, you're much better now. I think the same can be said for Kobe. Maybe that's what I see in him. Maybe that's what we all see in him is he was a guy who went from being sometimes a punk, sometimes entitled, sometimes aloof to a dad and the dad of girls, which I have twin girls that are 13 years old. And not only that chill you out, it gives you a different perspective and you become much more relatable. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. It's bracket season, and you can pre-register now for Fox Sports Radio's Bracket Challenge at foxsportsradio.com. Get details, rules, and pre-register so you can easily create your winning bracket when it's live on March 17th. Once you fill out your bracket, you're entered for a chance to win the ultimate college sports trip for you and a friend, including travel and stays at any Graduate Hotels location. It's sponsored by Tractor Supply and Graduate Hotels, where college fans stay. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my day. <laughs> you know, I'll share with you more in future podcasts about him. Um, I don't think the logo of the NBA should change. For Kobe Bryant, and this is not to say he wasn't a great player, but, uh, you know, like, if it's not going to be Jordan, um, why, Jerry West's logo is perfect. Jerry West is the only player in the history of the NBA to be the, to the, the finals MVP and his team not win. That's how good he was. And he averaged 40 points a game in, the, in that. Um, you know, I, I, I think it's knee-jerk, but it is. It's He was the generation's Jordan. And... One of the things that LeBron has fought is how Kobe was, how Jordan was, was how I grew up the best player was supposed to be. And and here's what I mean. Kobe would guard the other team's best player, and he wanted the ball and was willing to take and even miss the game-winning shot. For, for the life of me, as long as I've played basketball, once you start playing pickup, you know, you get to a pickup game, and anybody's ever played ball with Magic, Magic Johnson's you know, the greatest Laker ever, 
unbelievable passer. But Magic Johnson, at the end of a pickup game, the end of an NBA game, you gave the ball to Magic, and he was going to go make a play. The bank shot in Boston, the hook shot in Boston. Uh, obviously, Magic was a great passer, but he was a licensed killer at the end of games. And Magic was a bad defender, but he wasn't afraid to guard whoever the other team's best player was. That's what we were taught. Great, the greatest of great do. That's what Jordan did. That's what Bird did. That is, frankly, what Kobe Bryant did. And so what LeBron has fought is, like, LeBron's like, look, I'll take whatever the best shot is. I love creating shots for other people. You double-team me, and that's hard. And, and there have been times when he hasn't guarded the other team's best player, or he has, and he got lit up by Kevin Durant. But I, I think it's that's part of the mentality of the true basketball alpha and why he is so admired by NBA players because he was fearless at both ends, even to a fault when he would take bad shots like Game 7 of the NBA Finals. I can't attest to how he was every hour of every day or how he treated you, but I do. I live in a community that I shared with, with Kobe Bryant. And um, he had some run-ins with parents, as anybody who runs an AU program does. But I do believe that he had the best intentions at heart of, hey, if you're in, you're in. If you're not, you're not. I mean, when you, you know, there's a couple of girls that he, he cut from the team because whether it's injury or other sports, they weren't making practices. And um, I actually understand it. Like, I would love to do that with my program for some of these kids. I just, my program isn't, I don't have his unlimited resources. I don't have, you know, 10 kids that I can go to you to. You can't show up. You're out. You don't play. I would like, you know, a lot of people would like to run their AAU program the way that Kobe did. We just don't have the resources. Need the kids. You know, can't bid adieu to kids. Or that's not, and I'm, and I'm a pretty hard line guy. Um, so I can't vouch for him in every aspect of his life. I can tell you this. He impressed me as a guy. He was incredibly bright. He loved basketball. Loved, loved basketball. Um, and the Mamba mentality was more than I want to take and make the big shot. To me, the Mamba mentality was really this quote, uh, which I saw and I'm just... I continue to kind of marvel in. This is from Kobe Bryant. I have self-doubt. I have insecurity. I have fear of failure. I have nights when I show up at the arena and I'm like, my back hurts, my feet hurt, my knees hurt. I don't have it. I just want to chill. We all have self-doubt. We don't deny it. You don't deny it, but you don't capitulate to it. You embrace it. I, I, I try and teach my kids about that as well. With Same thing with jealousy. Like Jealousy is not a, bad, not a terrible thing, and it's, you can't deny that you have it. It's what does jealousy make you do? Does it make you do something mean to somebody else, or does it make you work hard so that you can get what they have? Right? It's okay to be jealous. That's all right. Does that fuel you as motivation? You know, Does uh, insecurity fuel you, or does it make you shut down? That's the, the true mama mentality. That's the true mama mentality. You know, because Kobe as a player could be selfish, could be self-aggrandizing, could be arrogant and aloof. But the good parts of Kobe and the parts that came out more and more were about work ethic, about finding a way to use what other people see as negatives to fuel you to ultimately become a positive. 
And uh, look, we have lots of athlete post career success stories like LeBron will eventually be. And there's champions in business. Shaquille O'Neal is a champion in business. Drew Brees and Peyton Manning, champions in business. And there are more, plenty more, where they use their money and their wealth to buy into other businesses and they create ridiculous generational wealth if they didn't already have it. That stuff is amazing. But to me, what what made Kobe special is it wasn't even, it wasn't about buying Burger Kings or buying Chick-fil-A's or whatever. It was about creating a business from nothing, making it into something. And then, like, that is, that shit is hard. And he was, just like with the AU program, just like with the Lakers, he was an all-in guy. He was, the word I like to use, and I, if you ever describe me as indefatigable, which is not fatigable, that's how you describe Kobe Bryant. That's how I want to be described. That's how you describe Kobe Bryant. And again, I can't vouch for him in all aspects of life. I can only tell you in my interactions, the person that wasn't a Kobe guy, not not, not a Shaq guy. I understood that he had more value for longer because he got more juice out of the orange than Shaq could ever get. Uh, I thought he was a pretty good dude, a really good dude. I consider him a friend. I'm super sad for everyone who lost somebody. My my daughter lost a best friend on that helicopter, and um, I know Rob Palinka lost a best friend. And I, I know that my friend Miles Simon, who you heard in this path, he lost an absolute idol in Kobe Bryant who had become a friend as well. Uh, and I know there's lots of people who grew up watching basketball who are just crestfallen that you're not going to chance to see Kobe Bryant courtside with Gianna, and she was going to be a special player. Um, the only thing I can do is share the story with you. I'll share with you one more thing, and then we'll wrap the pod. I asked him, I was like, What's the greatest thing you've ever done in basketball? And he goes, you know, people always said that I didn't make anybody better. That was the thing. I don't make guys better. And he's like, how'd Derek Fisher do when he left? And he started going through the different guys, you know, and did Lamar Odom ever win? Was Lamar Odom ever focused unless he played with us? And then he said, you know, Pau Gasol, Excuse my language. Pau Gasol, this is from Kobe. Pau Gasol, people around the NBA thought he was a pussy. Comes and plays the Lakers. Said, people said, you can't win a championship with Pau Gasol. He's too soft. And you know what? We won two championships with Pau Gasol. So he's like, my, the greatest thing is, it's no different than LeBron. You want other, to see other people succeed. Look at Lamar. Look at Fish. You know, look at Pau Gasol and the success that they had as part of our championship runs. It's pretty amazing. It's a really good point. I'll share with you more thoughts of Kobe on our next pod. In the meantime, get in the gym. Get in the gym. Overcome your own insecurity. And love ball the way that Kobe loved ball. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is All Ball. It's bracket season, and you can pre-register now for Fox Sports Radio's Bracket Challenge at foxsportsradio.com. Get details, rules, and pre-register so you can easily create your winning bracket when it's live on March 17th. Once you fill out your bracket, you're entered for a chance to win the ultimate college sports trip 
for you and a friend, including travel and stays at any Graduate Hotels location. It's sponsored by Tractor Supply and Graduate Hotels, where college fans stay. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply.